got some blueberries. That's good. Always welcome. Hard, hard to stick needles in. Progressive Rugby League. Hello and welcome once again to the Progressive Rugby League podcast. The slug is here. Uh, also, here, right now, ready and waiting, a big out. Right here, right now, here I am. Jono. Hello. Good evening. Now let me ask you guys a question. You guys have finals fever. Oh my God. <laughs> I've been taken. I've been struck with it. I'm 102. I'm, I'm at 102 right I now. I am ill with finals fever. I'm burning up. There's been some exciting games. Two games in the NRL this weekend, decided by one point. Three field goals ah! to get the bunnies in front of the dragons. Yeah, didn't, didn't we suggest that as a strategy at some point throughout oh, this season? We suggested everything so good. Like, we get no kudos well, at all. Well, I'm going to take credit for that one. Yeah, well, fair on enough. behalf of all of us, those three field goals. Yeah. Just and not to mention, them. not to mention the one point game between Toronto and Toulouse. Oh. Yeah. Um, against the place. Well, let's get into some round reflections. Well, it's not really rounds anymore. It's finals reflections, isn't it? Finals Just reflections. Weeks reflections. Um, mine one's, my one is very quick. It's that, uh, what about that little grubbery kickoff from Valentine Holmes? Oh, like uh, when, whenever you see, we'll call them experimental kickoffs. Yeah. So, uh, things that aren't either a standing kickoff or like the short kickoff. Yeah. They're always inevitably just result in a penalty going to the defending team. That's right. But that one, I can't believe you pulled it off. Yeah. Amazing. And not only that, normally short kickoffs are when you're behind... Uh, and you're trying to get the ball back because you need to score. On yeah. this occasion, it was the opposite. The Panthers had just tied up the scores, mm. and all the momentum was with the Panthers. Normally, you would kick it deep and try to you know, block them yeah, in the yeah. own, yeah. their own Pin them down. Zone. Pin them in their own territory. But it was an amazing play. Yeah, and so, but, but it just goes to show that it's two sides to every story. Now, when I saw that, I went, that's brilliant. A little risky, tried it, it came off. But, of course, if you're a Panthers supporter, mm. it was... Was that really in the spirit of the game? What do you mean? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> and when he, when he so ran to... Playing well is... <laughs> when he ran to collect... Not in the spirit of the game. When he ran to collect it, he's, he's back kind of blocked anybody from, from getting the ball. So, you know, I, look, I think, um, I think just... Risk versus reward, that, that, was, that was well worth it. Genius play. Yeah, yeah that's always... The, to do something like that, the best time to do it is when... No one expects you to do it. Like, everyone's yeah. always expecting the short kickoff. No, at that time, as John has said, yeah. no one was expecting anything other than a standard deep, deep kick, kick no. pin them down. And no one was expecting a little dribble over 10 yeah. metres. I think it, what it, it just, like, kissed the 10 metre line, right? It didn't... It Pretty didn't much, yeah. That's all you need. absolutely yeah. That's all you need. A blade of grass. A blade of painted grass. Anyways, that had me fired up. Mm. Big Al? Uh, all right, I've got a reflection hot off the press. Ooh. This, I've, I... I I've got my pretty notes all typed up, as you can see, and I've just written this down <laughs> because uh, I saw it as I was on my way here to the PRL Studios. Uh, Bill Shorten has just announced uh, that if elected for whatever... Uh, must be a state election, maybe? Or whatever. whatever hang on, hang on, what? <laughs> Bill Shorten is the federal Yes, I was a federal, but I've, I think this is maybe uh, for Victorian Labor. Oh, yeah, Because yeah, right. there's no federal election being announced yet. No, right? until next year. I'm, Correct. I'm really out of the loop. I do focus a lot on rugby yes, league. Okay. <laughs> there is a Victorian state election <laughs> yes. later this year. All right, okay. maybe that's what he's focusing on. I'm not, uh, I'm not quite sure. But he's pledged $1.1 million of funding... Uh, for rugby league in Victoria, which is great. Wow. Which is great from a like rugby league uh, fan like me sure. perspective. However, it's incredibly dangerous for someone like Bill Shorten to do that, mm-hmm. because or for anyone to really do that. Because I was just in thinking, AFL Heartland. If I, if I had if I had seen that as an AFL fan in Victoria, or if the reverse had happened, if someone had pledged. But let's let's be serious. Like, if it was going to be AFL, it'd probably be ten million dollars worth of funding in Sydney for the like growth of the AFL. I would deliberately try to sabotage their campaign. Yeah, right. So I think it's a real, I'm going to say ballsy, but probably somewhat ill-advised move from the uh, the short yeah. campaign. Can I just say, firstly, calm down. One point one million is is pocket change, and it's barely going to cover the, a coat of paint across the Broadmeadow grandstand, whatever they're doing there in in Victoria. Secondly, he's trying to 
he's trying to get a bit of a, a rugby league vote going because we all know new PM Scott Morrison is a bit of a Sharks fan. Yeah. So he's like, well, what do I do? I need I need a rugby league announceable. Like, why don't you throw one point one million dollars at Victorian rugby league? Okay, because Bill Shorten's already got the AFL site covered. Yeah. So Bill Shorten, obviously from Victoria. Yep. And Scott Morrison from New South Wales. So I think he's just trying to hedge his bets. And also, there's no greater rivalry at the moment than Sharks v Storm. Oh, well, maybe that's, that's what it yeah. is. Yeah, trying to get onto the. the that's a genuine that's rivalry, it. too. There's some hate in that. In, in, in that much. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Um, can I also say congrats on that reflection because I know how hard it must have been for you to put yourself in the shoes of an AFL supporter. Well, I just had <laughs> to imagine that I was an awful person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I had no no morals, ethics. And, and, uh, and, and likes uh, manipulating the media for my personal gain. And what's become clear is that this is what Bill Shorten's been working on. When the Liberals were destroying themselves mm. from within, making an absolute ass of themselves, yeah. and you go, where's Bill Shorten out there capitalising on this? He was behind closed doors. <laughs> Working on this rugby league policy, right? This rugby league policy. 1.1 he was, million dollars. He was forsaking absolutely points that he could have scored off the back of the Liberals just to get this down on paper. Well, I'm sure he's won a few votes today. <laughs> he's got at least he's three figures. At least three from you. Um, all right, so my actual reflections uh, all feed off the, the Panthers-Sharks game that we were sure. just talking about. So I went to the game. Wonderful spectacle. Really good stuff. So whilst I was there, I was you know I was chatting. I was like I said, I always try to show off my spectacular rugby league behaviour whilst I represent in public the game of rugby league. You're yeah. a man of the people. A man of the people. So I came across a couple of lads from Bath. Oh, now these were rugby playing Bath fellas. Okay, okay. Uh, and I was like, okay, cool. Like first, just to engage them, I just started some Sam Burgess talk because I like that's yeah. something common they'll be able to talk about. Um, and I asked them, like, you know, what team are you going for? What do you support? Like, what do you think of the game and everything? And they were glowing in their uh, appraisal of rugby league as a game, as a spectacle, as a spectator sport. It was like, I felt they were so positive about it. I felt like they maybe have just been having me on, right? They, like, they probably knew who you were. No, but like, I, 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 that's right. I'm, 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 a, I'm a pretty big dude. You would have been pretty upset if they said it. <laughs> they heard different. from that elderly couple earlier in the year. From Canada, yeah. Yeah, that went on the ferry with him. <laughs> you better say my stuff about football. <laughs> No, but they were really, they, were, they, were, they just said it's uh, like, you know, obviously we enjoy playing rugby union and we follow Bath and we really like rugby union, but rugby league, especially in Australia, is uh, the spectacle is, is much better than rugby union. It's much better to watch as a spectator. And they said the razzle-dazzle around it. And I guess they're meaning the flamethrowers because rugby oh, right. league finals have a lot of flamethrowers. All <laughs> right, yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, I was really impressed. So that was towards the end of the game. Yep. Uh, and I was, I was like, yeah, let's go rugby league. Let's just go, like, having a great night, all that sort of stuff. And I was just leaving the stadium, uh, and I was about to, and I was crossing Moor Park Road from from Allianz Stadium yeah. to get to Oxford uh, Street. Oxford Street. Um, and this guy, I was walking in the crowd, and this guy in like a '91 Camaro or something, uh, sort of honked and said, "Like, oh hey, like what was the score?" And I got really excited. I'm like, "Oh, it's a great game! <laughs> Sharks won 21 to 20. It was 18 2 at half time. It was a massive comeback. Can you believe it?" And he's like, "Oh, that's really good." I'm like, "Oh, like who do you go for?" And he's like, "Oh, nobody. I don't care. I barrack for Collingwood." Uh-huh. And at that moment, wow. had I not gone on my high horse last week and spoken about <laughs> showing exemplary behaviour when you're representing rugby league, I might have done something quite silly. You would have had your flick knife out, <laughs> going at his tyres. But at that moment, when he said, I don't know, I barrack for Collingwood, yeah. I was just, like, my expression, you know, flipped completely. <laughs> Good day, sir. And off I went. There's opportunity Good to give him, him your card, you know, look out for progressive rugby league. Cool, he talked to me. Yes. Um, I can teach you amazing things. Yeah, so that was the real... I mean, like, from a diz- the dizzying highs <laughs> to the, the, the terrifying lows. Roller coaster of emotions. Barrack. What kind of word is that anyway? Is it's that a very is Victorian word. Yeah, I'd say. Anyway. Um, so, you know, that happened to me. But uh, reflection of the actual game, uh, I thought it was a really great com- comeback from Penrith. Added to, they probably didn't really deserve to come back to level because I think they played terribly. Yeah, <laughs> but pretty much. Good for them. We provided a good spectacle. But... Disappointed in the crowd. I oh, think yeah. Yeah. In, uh, you got two Sydney teams, elimination final, and the, especially with Penrith, it's not like Penrith are uh, always in the finals. Like, mm. The Sharks have had a pretty successful period, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but still, elimination final, like in the city. Neutral ground. Um, and to get, yeah. what was it, like 18,000, I think? 19. 19,000. That's, that's really You're asking Panthers fans to come. How long from. Well, no, I understand that, but like, you've got to think. 
just because you live in Penrith doesn't mean you work in Penrith. Like, there's got to be a large swathe yeah. of Penrith-based people that work in and around the CBD. True. Yeah, it's, I mean, no matter which well, way you look at it. I mean, last week we spoke about not comparing rugby league crowds to AFL crowds because it always looks bad. Yeah, of course. But this crowd is embarrassing whichever way you look at it, whether yeah. you're comparing it or not. It's two city teams. It's the second week of the finals. There's momentum behind both teams. There's no excuse. It was a fine night. It was a lovely day. Yeah. No excuse for yeah. 19,000. It, it brings me to a little theory I've got, which I haven't really thought through. They're the best kind of the best, yeah. <clears throat> some matches, some matchups, just don't look that attractive on paper. And I think oh, Cronulla yeah. vs Penrith. Yeah. You know, you, you open the paper, you're like, oh, Cronulla vs Penrith, meh. Some, <laughs> some, even, right. no matter how good they're going, no matter, I don't know if it's something phonetically or visually when you look at those two um, words together yep. on paper, but to me it doesn't excite me, Cronulla vs Penrith. Or not enough backstory. Is that not the problem? backstory maybe? Yeah. Like for instance, Parramatta versus Manly for instance, that's always, that looks good on paper no matter where they are on the table. Yeah, yeah. Because maybe their history and they had yeah. a couple of grand finals in the 80s and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, maybe it's got something to do with that as well. I don't know. Well it, it brings up the, you know, like now I think a couple of years ago the NRL introduced the oh, a home city finals policy where they, instead of getting the home ground advantage where they let you play your actual home stadium, they yeah. make you play in like a eligible stadiums in that city sure mm-hmm. and in Sydney that's just ANZ and Allianz until next year I reckon yeah when the Western West, Sydney yeah. stadium but even so like if, if this game had been like Cronulla and Canberra mm. the, the crowd would have been like, about 12,000 probably what well, about this Here, I, I know this might not be practical but it's fair mm. and that's what's most important so you've got a final coming up between two teams mm. yeah now, rather than a neutral ground that might not, you, neither side's fans might be able to bother getting to, mm. as soon as it's decided who's in that final, those teams send seven players mm. and they play on the Monday night <laughs> a sevens game <laughs> to determine who gets the home ground advantage wow. in that weekend. That's actually not a bad idea. It's a terrible idea. <laughs> You don't have to you don't have to play the players that are gonna play. You can get your flashiest and, reserve graders. And in. so if Cronulla wins that sevens match, they they can actually play it at Shark Park. Yeah, yeah. I don't like that. I think you need to be ambitious and and play at those bigger games and try to fill them up. If you can't fill them up, then try harder. Alright. <laughs> what about okay. But it's it's not on it's not on the I don't think it's on the NRL to, to try and fill it because it, it's <clears throat> part of me. It's it's the Sydney crowd. Like mm. I, I think if you made people always say like you hear it in newspapers all the time. Oh, going to the footy is so expensive. That's where no one goes. I reckon if you made it free, whole round is free. You'd get uplifting crowds of like five percent maybe. It's mm. not about how much it costs. It's about the effort of getting there. It is about how much the, it costs for some people. But I agree. No, I don't make think, a huge I, difference. I don't think it's. Uh, no, I don't think. Co- I don't think it's cost prohibitive. I, I think mm. it's it's more about the effort required to get there. Yeah. Someone summed it up pretty uh, easily on uh, a Facebook thing where I saw Fox Sports were making a big point about the AFL versus NRL crowds. And someone just said, look, NRL looks better on TV, AFL looks better live. And that's just how it is. Um, there's that. There's, there's so many factors to it. There's definitely that. Rugby league's a great television sport and not necessarily as good a spectator sport as AFL. Uh, but also, uh, uh, Excuse me. Sorry. I will not let. I will <laughs> not let that comment go unchallenged. I don't believe that. That's what that's what people say. <laughs> but you know, that's what, pe- that's what people say is a very common phrase used by by the Fox News team. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just finish my thought, if I may. And the other, but the main point I, is, I, 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 I don't know if I can continue this episode. <laughs> that really hurt. You didn't mean it, did you? No, I didn't mean it. Oh god, but that's what people say. But, uh, and also, the, the big point is MCG is in the middle of the city. And yes. Allianz is in Paddington and ANZ is in Hamish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the big point. So we need something just under Centre Point Tower, is what you're saying. Well, they're talking about building a stadium on top of Central Station. I would say do that. Yeah. In a click of a finger. Well, that and was a yeah. That will never happen though. That'll that never it's such a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Jones wouldn't let us. Wouldn't that happen? Anyway. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, one final point: Saturday's games in George versus South Sydney. Again, uh, thrilling finish and all mm. that sort of stuff. But uh, as a progressive fan, I'm not very happy with it. 
one oh. try and five penalty goals. Three yeah. field goals is amazing. Is like, wow. <laughs> Delightful do you, stuff. Do you think the Bunnies realised that they were sliding down the progressive scale and then pulled the three <laughs> yeah, field goals out to bring them back up? Yeah. yeah. And Adam Reynolds scored all the points for, for South yeah. in that game, didn't he? <laughs> he did. That's got to be a rare... Occurrence, um, but yeah, so good game, a good, a good, good, thrilling finish. Mm. Uh, not necessarily progressive. Yeah, well, on non-progressive well, rugby league play, can I say I heard an interview with Cameron Munster on the way in tonight, and obviously the Storm are playing the Sharks this weekend in the preliminary final, and he was saying, "Oh yeah, so the Storm and the Sharks have a pretty similar game plan. We like to grind it out, you know, get to the end of our sets, get to our kicks." Wait for the other person to make a mistake. I said to myself, oh, 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 are you trying to sell this game? Or oh, who, who are you? Who put that, you in front that's of That's Melbourne oh, in no. a nutshell. That is corporate rugby league in a nutshell. So, oh, God, I mean. What a boring job to play for Melbourne. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, well, to be fair, they have played some sparkling rugby league when they're in the mood, but I don't think they'll be in the mood. No, this it's going to be a. It's, no, it's going to be a. It'll be a thorn, yeah. yeah. Grub fest. Mm. Um, and, and just. That South game, there was, there was no, no pillars going on. No. No pillars. There wasn't much humour. There wasn't any humour. There was certainly not good things going on off the field. Yeah. Well, for, for the Rabbits. Yeah. And, um, and you know, penalty goals galore. Well, there's, there's a couple of one-on-one strips, and I always like that. Yeah, I don't they're, like they're, they're, yeah, 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 they're pretty fun. Anything unpredictable. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. All right. Um, Over to me, hey. Oh, no. Well, look, I, I want to start off by talking about Saturday as a day. What a great day it was for Rugby League because it showed there were two games that showed that you can have Rugby League thriving through tradition and also embracing a bold future. So I want to talk about obviously the Souths and Dragons game. There are two very famous uh, NRL Australian Rugby League clubs. Souths, a foundation club, 21 premierships, the Dragons, you know, won 11 in a row, all that. And of course, let's not forget the Steelers, they're part of it as well. Just about to pick you up on that. And then for the Dreamers... You had, obviously, Toronto Wolfpack versus Toulouse Olympique, the, the future. Well, what we want to see is the future. And they were both intense games, of consequence. They were both thrilling matches uh, with good crowds and both finished 13-12. So I just mm. thought, what a, what a wonderful day it was. And it just showed a little window of what rugby league could be. Yeah. You know, keep the tradition, but embrace the future, the future. a bold future. That's what we've been saying all year. That's what that's, we've been that's, saying. It's finding that blend. And we'll obviously talk about the Toronto Toulouse game later in the show in the international French-Canadian update, but I'll talk quickly about the Dragons uh, South game. And I want to say a word in defence of Ben Hunt. Now, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people piling onto Ben Hunt. Uh, if you didn't watch the game, it was 12-all, and instead of kicking it in the last minute down deep into the South's territory, he tried to run it, and they got uh, held up and then the Dragons went on to... Oh, sorry, the South Sydney went on to kick the, the winning yeah. field goal. So if you want to hear us pile on to Ben Hunt for not kicking deep into South Territory, I think you've come to the wrong <laughs> podcast. <laughs> because let me remind you of pillar number one of Progressive Rugby League. Life is short, throw the ball around, yeah. chance your arm, entertain us. Okay, so the basis of this pillar is a reaction to the cookie-cutter rugby league that has become the norm these days. All right? So more, most teams play a similar style of rugby league, you know, the same plays... You know, the block play, yeah, yeah. one of your favourites. Second man. Second man play. And what, what this is about, so we're effectively crying out for this pillar for players to try things, express themselves with the full knowledge that it'll work sometimes, like it did with Valentine Holmes, mm. and it won't work sometimes, like it did with Ben Hunt. So, you know, I, I want to defend him. I know he's probably going through a rough patch. Yep. Uh, he probably should have kicked it, but he tried to, he tried to do the entertaining thing. Uh, it didn't work out. Bad luck. I would say yes. We should not admonish Ben Hunt for not kicking, but I think like the, the option to run it on the fifth was right there. But he just should have passed to the outside instead of to the inside, where yeah, you know, like it, there was an overlap. I'm pretty sure, and that would, yeah. be, would have been great. Yeah. But I'm with you. Who cares if he didn't kick it? Yeah, absolutely. And then my final my final reflection. It's also NRL finals related, and it's about bringing back Sunday finals. We yeah. have some correspondence about this later, but. Sunday finals, I think, need to come back for Rugby League in weeks two and three of the NRL finals. Friday night, Saturday night, just not doing it for no. me. Rugby League, sorry, Sunday afternoons were made for Rugby League, That's especially right. in Sydney. Mm-hmm. Okay? And I don't think it re- would really make a difference to TV ratings uh, because the Sunday games rate pretty much as well as the Friday night games, yeah. and they have all year. So, Plus, uh, people aren't going out. 
it would it would help with the crowds. That nineteen thousand, as you were saying before, Slug, would have been a few thousand bigger at least. I do think it'd be, it'd be a lot easier uh, for someone from Cronulla or Penrith to move to travel to Allianz. Yeah. Well, for a family, I mean, it's very hard yeah. if your your family wants to go to the Penrith Cronulla game, but you're working in the city, your kids are, have got school in Penrith. How are you going to make that work? On a Sunday, much easier. We'll have breakfast, we'll have lunch, yeah. we'll have dinner, <laughs> watch rugby league in the middle. Yeah. Free meals, beautiful. Yeah. So they're my reflections. Yeah, absolutely agree. Like this, the Sunday afternoon has been just the time for rugby league. Four years. Yeah. Why ignore it? I'm not What's sure. F- anyway. There, mu- there must be a reason. So they're only on Friday and Saturdays in weeks two and three because of the TV deal. Yes. The TV deal must have must specify that there must be some magic dust in the in um, a Saturday night final versus a Sunday afternoon final. Well, I think their thinking is Friday night's the sugar daddy game that gets the most TV audience in. That yeah. traditionally has been the case, and then you can't have a Friday game and then a Sunday game because that gives disproportionate advantage to the person who played on Friday because yeah. they'll get two extra days rest for the grand final, for instance. Do you think that's so, really the reason? Uh, well, that, that yes, sounds I, that sounds. You, you can't have a Friday night but, but, semi and then a Sunday semi. That's oh, for, the, work. for the following. For the, so, but you, yeah, you for could the, say that the person, the teams that played in the Sunday, have to like the the, the the teams that were affected by that result had to play the following Sunday as well. What about the grand final? So you, you play Friday night, you win, and then the other game is Sunday afternoon. The other team wins, and you've got two extra days than the other team for a grand final. I don't think rugby league has ever really been concerned with like. The, dis- the, dis- the disproportionate amount of short versus long turnarounds for some teams like it happens all throughout the season yeah I suppose but and, like it's already happening now like if you play on a Friday and a Saturday there's always at least a one day difference yeah but I'll, one's I'll, not two I would argue the Dennis Denudo defence here and then the, <laughs> just the feel of it it would be weird to have a day separating yeah. your two finals yeah I, I think I, I think do we, do we really think though that the Friday night game would get that much more than the Sunday afternoon game. In terms of television, television ratings. Television, yeah. I've had a look at the figures and it's it's marginally more. Right. Um, but the Sunday game, the Sunday final in the first round of the finals, rated very, very well, better than the Saturday night game, slightly less than the Friday night game, uh, especially in Sydney, which was only one Sydney team in that particular game. So, in my opinion, bring back Sunday. Sunday afternoons were made for rugby league. Always have been. And I think... Ending the weekend on a Saturday night, it just feels gooey. It yeah. feels wrong. Gooey. Yeah. So they're my reflections. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, what about the mailbag? Anything uh, rustling around in there? It's a chock-a-block mailbag this week. So last week, we spoke about the Maury Boomerangs and their partnership with a couple of arts organisations. Yeah. And we spoke about rugby league and the arts. And we threw out, you know, what other combinations have rugby league had with the arts. So we got... Uh, some feedback from Andrew Thoughts 13 or is that Andrew 13 no okay Uh, sorry Uh, he (laughs) tweeted and said I saw an exhibition by Aboriginal artist and ex-Penrith player Sid Domic in London once it was around 2006 Sid Domic was playing for Hull FC I think I was working in London and couldn't believe it when I saw a little gallery near my office with an exhibition by an Indigenous rugby league playing artist yeah. Isn't that wonderful? Wow. Sid, Sid Domic. More art playing rugby people. Now Sid would Sid Domic make your team of interestingly named players? It's a it's a cool name. It's Sid a good Domic. name. Yeah, it, sounds like, it sounds like a, a forward's name. Yeah, I think he was. He was oh, a second yeah, rower. Yeah. I remember him playing for Penrith, he was a small yeah. player. Now, on that art rugby league related topic, we had some feedback from Ian East of Leeds or Ian of East Leeds I still don't know I, I don't think I'll ever know can you clarify there's no, please there's no way to find out <laughs> no keep it a mystery you're a, you're a mystery <laughs> man uh, he wanted to read that article but it was behind a paywall because it's uh, part of the monthly magazine I believe and he tweeted the monthly asking for them to release it from the paywall and they did <laughs> isn't that that's, nice that's well, mighty nice monthly. that's awesome I'm not yeah. sure why they didn't go uh, pay us <laughs> like you know no, well he, he asked on behalf of fans of Progressive Rugby League and they did so so well, well done the yeah, monthly now Andrew 13 also agreed about the Sunday final issue he said totally agree Sundays in September feel empty without Rugby League finals mm. Cronulla v Penrith would have got another 10k on a Sunday Arvo so it's exactly what we were talking correct, about before yeah. now every week on a Friday we t- tweet out our PRL matches of the weekend 
and tongue-in-cheek this week, we suggested that it was Super League clubs versus championship clubs in that extraordinary general meeting where they were trying to discuss the structure, uh, the future structure of rugby league in England. And we got some responses from John Salisbury from Lancaster, who was also looking forward to that meeting, uh, being a bit of a biff. And William Bonfield from, I think, Dubai, suggested... Widness versus Halifax should have been number one in our PRL matches of the weekend. Now, that was obviously tongue-in-cheek, but tongue-in-cheek or not, I don't think anyone in the world actually said that this weekend. So, well done, William Bonfield. We also got some correspondence from Andrew Marmot, who is actually the author of one of our book club books over the summer. Look out for book club this summer, uh, Rugby League Book Club. And he said, hi, fellas, I've listened to your podcast. Fantastic work. Oh. Love the way you are thinking and your approach. Refreshing and fun take on Rugby League. And it's a thinking man's podcast. Keep up the great work. Excellent. Yeah, that is Love great. Love that kind of feedback. Thank yeah. you. So that is another jam-packed uh, mailbag. And we also got some correspondence from our friend of the show, Dan James, who... Let's go, we, he's got to be a UK correspondent. The, the, Almost, The number yeah. of times he... Uh, yeah. feeds us information thanks again Dan he shot us an article about Dublin the Dublin team who are applying to be in League 1 uh, next year or the year after 2020 2020 yeah. uh, so that was an interesting article sounds like they're going to be called the Dublin Blues and they're going to be playing out of a stadium with a capacity of about 4,000 mm-hmm. so made mostly of Irish nationals uh, to start off with so. is that deliberately so? I believe so it's going to be I believe so that's okay, the cool so, Good luck to the uh, Dublin Blues, and thanks again, yeah. Dan James. I'm proud of myself for not making a joke about being able to fit an NRL crowd over there. <laughs> well done, well done. Progressive Rugby League. It's time for the international update. Now, I just want to warn you guys that I've just altered the theme song to this because we started this segment as a French-Canadian Rugby League update, and we just gave the scores for Toulouse games and Catalans games and Toronto Wolfpack games. Big Al, through his hard work and enthusiasm, has expanded it to being a whole international segment. So here we go. Slug with Gal and me, we like what we see when it comes to French, Canadian and international rugby 13. <laughs> really th- that really threw me off. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bit more accurate. I, know, think, well, be... I like that it was an authentic hand clap and not a synthesized one. So yeah, like, that's not right. like John Farnham, the voice style. That was genuine. Genuine. Done live in studio. All right, international. Wow. Uh, let's start at the top of the English Super League, or should I say the bottom, oh. because uh, Catalan uh, have just been defeated uh, by Wakefield 34-22. to 22. Mm. Uh, I'm going to call this uh, a less than humiliating defeat, because yep. Catalan have had a series of humiliating defeats of late, um, because the Dragons were down 30-12 to 12 at halftime, which shows, you know, they've got some, had some good attack. A bit of fight left in them. Half, yeah. um, and obviously, some very solid defence, because they only let in uh, an extra four points. And because they won the second half, I think we can call it a draw. <laughs> yes, <laughs> one half each. It is a game of two halves. Yeah, exactly. So, um, well, interesting. Well, by that token, the Panthers would have won on the weekend too. Oh, there you almost go. controversial. Yeah. Should have gone to Golden Point. Yeah, yeah. But Golden Points played over two halves as well. A <laughs> um, couple of uh, points of note for this game: there were two send-offs. Former West Tigers halfback Jacob Miller. Uh, for Wakefield and former Wakefield prop Michael si- Michael Simo Michael Simo uh, for Catalan. So, Is that right? Yeah, bit of aggression in there. <laughs> uh, so that brings up six straight Super League losses for the Dragons, <laughs> unfortunately, and it sees them unlike last week where they shared last place. They are now outright last. Well, you know, <laughs> let's look at it from a broader perspective. If they won, you know, five of their last six games and finished fifth in the Super League, but lost the Challenge Cup grand final you'd be like well no. what was the point of that yeah. you'd rather win the Challenge Cup grand final and lose your and last go on holidays, yeah. go on holidays which yeah. is what they've been <laughs> so uh, congratulations Catalan for well winning the Challenge Cup exactly, exactly. <laughs> I guess we'll just keep and that second half and that second half yeah they can, we'll see, we should take score from this point on how many games left in the Super League three I think two Sorry. Three. so we'll just see how many second halves Catalans can win from there <laughs> on here um, we'll keep a tally. Um, all right, moving down to the qualifiers. Ooh. So, oh dear. Okay, so this weekend saw the, the, the babies, the sweet, the sweet babies of the PRL, <laughs> Toulouse and Toronto playing off in uh, an epic encounter. So it was nail biting, and my word was it full of controversy as well. Yeah. So uh, for those that have been spending any time on on, on Twitter, or those who were actually lucky enough to see the game, you would have seen Toronto scored a try, which was. 
by all accounts, not a try. I've seen the vision. Uh, oh. Massive knock-on in the put-down. Yep. Mm. Uh, because we're playing in the qualifiers, no video referee. Oh, wow. So... There was always going to be danger in playing a, TV, a televising a game yeah. and not having the video referee. Right. And yeah. unfortunately... It's... And the crowd gets to see the replay, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, I, yeah. I get, well, yeah. And um, everybody uh, on the Twitter's here afterwards as well. So, um, Jono, how are you feeling? Well, it's a heartbreaking game for so many reasons. Heartbreaking for us, A, because we love both teams. The fact that they have to play and, and the likelihood is only one will get promoted. So <laughs> it's heartbreaking just the fact that one of them will be not promoted to Super yeah. League. Uh, heartbreaking for Toulouse because, yeah, that was a no try. And also, they had a kick to take the lead late in the game. They scored only 10 or 15 metres to the side of the post and the conversion was missed. Uh, and so another heartbreaker there. Wow. So I really, really feel for Toulouse. Uh, but the only silver lining for that game, for mine, for fans of both clubs, is it means that Toronto have an outside chance of gaining automatic promotion through the top three finish. And therefore, if Toulouse can sneak in to the million pound game, then there is an outside possibility they can both be promoted. <laughs> so this is... This but is but that that would mean that game. Toulouse would have to play the million pound game against London. Uh, no, they could play it against Salford. Well, I, I, or... You think Salford or Leeds are going to drop down to the million pound game? Well, it could be Leeds, because Toronto have to play Leeds. Um, you know, Salford have to play... Uh, to lose, I think, and so anyway, yeah, we'll see what happens. But there is an outside chance that Toronto can be uh, promoted through a top three finish, and there is obviously an outside chance that Toulouse can make the million pound game. They're actually in fifth right now as we speak, as you're about to take us through. Uh, indeed, I am. So just uh, we'll go through the other re- other results as well. Uh, Leeds beat Salford eighteen sixteen. Uh, London were defeated by Hull thirty eighteen, and uh, Witness. Uh, defeated Halifax, 26-12. Their first win... Good in... for them! Yeah. <laughs> their, first, their first win in about 18 weeks. And now, having one win, they're only two points outside the million-pound game slot. So they now have an outside chance, if they can win their last two games, of making that million-pound game. Well, provided that... So the million-pound game slot is four and five. Four and five, that's so right. provided that everybody else loses... Oh, it could be a for and against situation as well. Ooh, wouldn't that be? Mm. You'd think three. You'd need three wins to make the million pound game, at least, yeah. and then for and against will probably decide. So, one thing you, you've you've raised the uh, the issue of having consequence and mm. why that makes things um, and that that makes things much more interesting and, and work sure. well and that sort of stuff. But it also makes it a lot more um, heartbreaking potentially uh, because. Let's let's say that the million the, the place getter the placement for the million pound game is decided on for and against yeah and that obvious un uh, no try to Toronto against Toulouse where yeah. they've had six points scored against them yeah what if they like what if they miss out on a spot by a for and against of like one yeah. point it's just real I mean it sucks yeah it sucks but, but how do you I guess know, you live by the sword die by the sword that's right, right? how do you, you know the glory of victory if you don't know the pain of defeat right that's yeah, right that's true yeah. and what we've been trying to say throughout is yeah. Life moves on. You got to deal with it. There's going to be mistakes happen in every single game. Sometimes yeah. it's going to cost you a game. Sometimes it's going to yeah. cost you promotion relegation. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's part of life. And as progressive rugby league fans, we just have to deal with it and not winch too much about it. That's right. Say lovey. Yeah. So what's the table? Uh, so we're looking at we've got Salford out on first. Well, we've got a, we've got three equal firsts, mm. but on four and against, we've got Salford uh, followed by Leeds and then Hull. Toronto outright fourth on six points, and then we've got Toulouse and London five and six, and Widnes and Halifax ringing up the rear. And this is the last year of qualifiers, because as you would know, there was a big, extraordinary general meeting during the week, and they've scrapped the Super 8's concept. Uh, A bit sad from my point of view. I think the qualifiers and middle eights have been super exciting. I think they could have just fixed up the top eight component by starting the ladder again and just giving a, you know, a couple extra points to those top teams. Uh, but there's no more uh, there's no more Super 8s, there's no more Middle 8s. And that just means there's a whole bunch less games, right? Well, uh, what they're going to play more games in the regular season. It's going to be a top five situation in the Super League and the bottom team will get automatically relegated. Right. And then the championship, there's going to be 14 teams and they're going to have a top five as well, I believe. I'm not sure if this has been absolutely confirmed yet. They're going to have a top five as well to decide who gets promoted, who gets that one spot. So that's I reckon that's that really unfair. If, if you've let's say you've taken up the minor premiership, we'll call it mm. in the championship, that should be your 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 promotion. 
But you could make the same argument about what's happening with the middle eights, couldn't you? Like, Toronto won by 11 points, but they're still battling out for yeah, promotion. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, top five, it seems like pretty extreme for, for promotion really, pr- promotion from mm. championship, but that's the way they've gone. They, they want to maintain a bit of interest, I suppose, for especially for potential expansion clubs, investors who are looking to start a club, say in Dublin or say in New York. If it's just simply the, the top team goes straight through, then it, all of a sudden it seems a lot harder. It's, it seems yeah, a lot harder to get through the ranks. Yeah, yeah. If you just think to yourself, well, I've just got to make the top five and if get a bit of luck, then we could make it through promotion, yeah. then you still might think about investing. Mm-hmm. I would prefer the middle eights to stay as they were in some form or another. Maybe the, the bottom team of Super League could get relegated and the second last, oh, sorry, the second last team has to play off in the quali- in a sort of qualifiers a, a qualifiers light if you will but um, <laughs> diet qualifiers diet qualifiers zero sugar <laughs> qualifiers but uh, not to be so that's the way it's gone last year of the qualifiers let's enjoy it so on, on this new structure uh, I'm hearing lots of stuff about loop fixtures yeah are you across this I have no idea okay, what loop right. fixtures are. I was are. trying to work out what a loop fixture was I actually this week. I was up. hoping that you might know. Yeah. <laughs> I looked up on Google. They want to include, they want to include loop fixtures. Please, so, someone who knows. Dan <laughs> James or Ian East of Leeds or Ian of East Leeds, yeah. can you please get in touch yeah. and tell us what Anybody the hell a loop to, fixture is? Um, yes, illuminate us all. Um, all right, so that's, that's qualifiers done. Yep. Uh, so a bit of Rugby League World Cup news. Greece have taken out the Euro Group C South... With a big win over Malta, 60-4. Wow. Huge win. Yeah, big, big win. And those Maltese, they're no slouches. They're no slouches at all. Yeah. Um, they're a very proud um, and talented rugby league side. That's right. Obviously just, just had an off day. Just had an off day. Yeah. Uh, so what that means, so the Greece, Greece have been playing relatively regularly, so the, my last update was a, uh, a Greek update as well. Mm. Um, but what that means is they'll be facing Norway uh, for that European spot. Wow. So, good news there. Because Norway beat Germany, I believe, on the weekend, uh, 40 to 16. Yeah, so, so, they'll be playing off. Um, all right. So, last week I spoke a little bit about South Africa and the mm. South African Rugby League. Uh, and I promised an update on you know, how things are going there, the domestic leagues, and, and, the, the, and, and the teams there. What in. teams exist and don't. So, uh, look, I said this last week and I'll say it again. Official details on the. SARL as we'll call them mm. they're thin they're a little bit flimsy yep. so much so that uh, like there's a couple of websites and there's, there's details and there's outdated Wikipedia entries I tweeted the, the South African Rugby League today to be like please can you just give me uh, a list of the teams that are in your league because we want to talk about it yeah. and it, details are a bit dodgy haven't heard back yet but when they do we'll, um, we'll see how wrong I am here but well, hey how about a bit of sharpness re your social media? Well, I don't know what the time difference is to South Africa. We're probably, you know, it's probably two in the morning when I tweeted them. Yeah, but how excited would they be that someone in Australia wants to hear about them? Mm. Surely. Maybe, surely. You um, promised, Big Al. You promised. <laughs> well, I tried. So, okay, so what I've done is um, I'll combine any info that they've got on their website, <laughs> yeah. uh, plus cross-checking it against some content from Rugby League Planet. Um, I am going to oh, announce good on the you. following. The South African Rugby League is divided into seven provinces. Wow. Each province has its own provincial rep team, and within each province sits a, 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 a numerous club teams, I sure. suppose. Now, I'm not going to go through the club teams because there's about 23 of them, I think. Um, their names are relatively unclear from the logos, and a lot of the logos are just NRL logos. Oh, okay. Um, oh, really? Like, without it, like, Changing the names. One of them was just actually a Rabbitohs logo with okay. no words with no it. words on it. Yeah. Okay. It even said established 1908. <laughs> <laughs> Someone nicked stuff me off Google Images. Yeah, so um, anyway, so we've got uh, Guateng Province. So their teams are, their, their rep teams are the Northern Bulls and the Eastern Eagles. I don't know why they have two. But maybe it's a large province, so maybe they'll get the south and east ones in there one day as well. Right. Uh, Mpulaga province, where we've got the... I'm going to use the Moses Empire pronunciation, yep. actually. The Mpulaga Panthers. Great. Limpopo province with the Limpopo Bisons. Free State with the Free State Wildcats. Ooh, and I've noted here... I like that name. Uh, credit to them for not spelling that with a Y in the wild and Z with cats, <laughs> because it's very tempting when you have a name like that. That's right. <laughs> I think I would have done it. Yeah. I would have done both. <laughs> uh, we've got the Western Province, and their, their rep team is simply the WPRFL. Uh, Northwest Province with the Northwest Warthogs, and the Eastern Province with the Border Buffaloes. Oh, right. yeah. So I like Bisons. What's, uh, what's the Western Province's deal? 
I guess they're a bit more um, a, a bit a bit more upmarket, maybe, bit more yeah. uh, bit more distinguished and sophisticated. Do you think to Perhaps. to have a, a wacky mascot Perhaps. on the side? Um, That's great. Yeah, so well done to the SA Rugby League for fighting the good fight and standing up to injustice that is served upon them by the South African Rugby Union. Maybe they didn't get back to you on Twitter because the Rugby Union had sabotaged the Rugby League Twitter account. <laughs> they probably have. And they they put a block have. on it or something. So also, whilst I was scrolling around through the uh, SARL website, I also found they have a position available. So because we've got such a massive audience, Whoa. I thought I'd just put it out there for them. Uh, they're currently uh, looking for a director of coaching um, within the structures of the SARL and get this experience of rugby league is not a must so <laughs> John okay. get in there John get in there Get now, in there and teach those pillars. Unfortunately, I have, I have played some rugby. League <laughs> yeah, as, unfortunately, as rugby league is an amateur sport in South Africa, this is an unpaid position. Oh, great! But I mean, but that's okay. Volunteer Volunteerism work. is yeah. very progressive. Yeah. Well done. Excellent. So, uh, send through your applications to uh, ooh, CEO at sarugbyleague.co.za. Yeah. Get in there. Not to fight us. a good fight. <laughs> Not to us. We'll look at them, but we won't do anything with them. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up with some progressive moments of the week. Bigger. Oh, okay. So I <laughs> want to spend a bit of time talking about our beloved chairman, Peter Beattie, chairman of the uh, Rugby League Commission. Okay. So I know there's a lot of mixed uh, mixed opinion on whether he's doing a good job, blah, 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 blah. But one place where I think he's doing an outstanding job is on Twitter. Because right. he's, I mean, he's a, he's a seasoned politician, so mm. he, can, he can take... You know, people calling him this, that, and, more, and, and the other. Um, but he uh, he always spends a lot of time on Twitter. He he tweets out. He he talks up the game. He hashtag talk up talk talks up the game. Uh, I just wanted to call out an exchange he had over the weekend that I just thought was, was just something that should be applauded. So uh, during the South St George game, um, he tweeted, uh, 12 all, what a game, what a game." To which some guy simply repeated. F off D head. So that's the unhead, like unedited. I've, I've edited that for our clean podcast, now, but yeah. doesn't that just exemplify what we've talked about yeah. before about Twitter being a bit of a uh, cesspool? cesspool. But, but in response, to, in, in response to that, um, Peter Beatty retweeted with comment. Uh, I love thoughtful and considered tweets. Here is a great example of Neanderthal thinking. And I was just like, bam. Yeah, yeah that's well a really great way to call that's someone. Else, could Would have been it. easier to ignore it, but no, that doesn't achieve as much. Yeah, so I just want to say I love that uh, PB is vocal on Twitter. I love that he's prepared to you know, cop the standard grubs that just exist on Twitter regardless of what you're talking about. Uh, but he won't let them get away with it anonymously, which is the wall that those a lot of those mm. nasties hide behind and that, that no one's going to find out yes. about this. Yeah. Bang, he puts them out there. He's got quite a lot of audience. So I'm going to say PB is Rugby League's PB oh. is in personal best oh, yeah, very of good. our chairman <laughs> thus far. Great. I was wondering what PB meant. Yeah. Personal best. Gotcha. Makes or sense. Or peanut butter. Oh, yum. <laughs> crunchy? Peter Beattie is the peanut butter of Rugby League. <laughs> is the crunchy peanut butter <laughs> of Rugby 13. Um, I also wanted to mention something else that uh, has been knocking around the Rugby League uh, Twitter sphere. Um, the, Daily, the Daily Mirror in the UK yeah. have just put out a story of one of their correspondences, one of their correspondents, sorry, was allowed to visit the... Um, North Korean International Friendship, Friendship Exhibition, which was built by Kim Il-sung, who is the grandfather of um, Kim Jong-un. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think he's the founder of, yeah, he of is. North Korea. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the exhibit contains numerous, uh, we'll say, unprogressive political curios, <laughs> really? such as a rhino horn uh, from uh, <laughs> um, Zimbabwe dictator Mugabe, uh, a golden sword from Libyan tyrant Gaddafi, and oddly enough, a letter of support to Kim Jong-un from uh, Praz Michael, who was the founder of the Fujis. Remember them? No way. Oh. Yeah, I don't know what that's doing in there. But to, to wash away all this horrible, uh, unprogressive dictatorship, uh, there's a signed Wigan Warriors rugby league jersey and ball in that museum as well. <laughs> so don't know how it got there, but rugby league standing up against the face of fascism. That is random. Do you think he ever wore it? I'm sure it probably does. Yeah, yeah. Takes some hit ups. It's a beautiful. What is it? It's a blue. It's a nice blue color, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, Wigan. Yeah. Cherry and red. Cherry and red. There you go. Cherry and white sort. Run, run some second man plays in the war room before, before they get down to business. Well, I think he knows only doing block plays. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely not. He's not chucking it around. He's he's completing his sets. He's playing. Just waiting for them to make a mistake. Yeah, that's right. Jono. Yeah, look, I just came across this. I'm not sure how recent this announcement was, but there's going to be a National Rugby League Museum 
planned to be opened in 2020 in Bradford in England. Wow. Now, it's not National Rugby League as in NRL. It's the National Rugby, rugby League, league yeah. Ooh, like in it. the UK. So I think following the closure, this is from Wikipedia, following the closure of the Rugby League Heritage Centre in 2013, Rugby League was left without a museum in the United Kingdom. So it's going to open in 2020. And I think that's pretty exciting. I think there is there is a Rugby League museum in Australia, I believe, at NRL HQ. Yeah, at HQ. Uh, NRL HQ, there's a Rugby League museum that is free for all to attend. Is it any good? Uh, yeah, I've been there. Um, they've got... Uh, there's, like, the Super League trophy, um, old, like, heritage shields that the teams used to play for, old, okay. like, caps, match programs. How long, if, if you have, you know... Two hours in a day, is that enough time to go through it? That's more than enough time. <laughs> 15 minutes. Time. It all depends. I think they've got, they've got like a curator who can take you through the, the oh, okay. exhibits as well. So I guess right. you can spend up to two hours. Any more than that, I think right. you'll be looking at the same stuff again. So anyway, I think that's pretty good. Once again, rugby league and the arts broadly yeah. in, in combination. And I think for our English fans, keep an eye out for that in Bradford 2020. I yeah. always thought it'd be a good idea to establish a rugby league museum in the George Hotel in Huddersfield, which is the yeah, yeah. The, where the, the meeting of the North Meet, where the games clubs. Yeah, yeah. And I think that hotel might actually be demolished now. Oh, something mm. horrible has happened to it. There's definitely a plaque there. I'm not sure. Yeah, well, I think there's a plaque. Come on, <laughs> that's a no. I that's think, a token gesture at I, best. I, I thought the once again our English listeners can educate us, but I thought the hotel still exists. But let's have let's put well, a you bet. know what? No, I don't want to put a bet on it because I hope <laughs> I hope it does still exist. I, I was asking because I don't know. I don't think it one thing or the other. <laughs> Um, but it'd be really nice for rugby league to, I guess, own that, own that hotel yeah. and do something with it. But I guess mm. the English Super League probably doesn't have. Wait, wait, much what's cash. the real estate? Maybe I should. I, I've always been saying that my dream is to one day own the Catalans Dragons. But mm. maybe I can downgrade that because that's just becoming out of my reach. I think as yeah. they as they keep winning challenge cups, their value, yeah. the value yeah, goes sure. up, and my net worth. Um, maybe I can downgrade it to own the George Hotel. That'd be good. Because yeah. if it's, I mean, I hope it's, I hope it's in wonderful condition. But if it's slightly, if it's getting dilapidated and, and you know, and I don't know, what about create your own French team from scratch? And yeah, go mm. and see, and see what we can do with that. What's French for twang? Mm. <laughs> Accordion noise. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my progressive moment is a story I spied on the ABC website. Mm. And the headline is, More Indigenous Women Tackle Rugby League in Effort to Improve Health and Build Connections. Yes. It's the tackling. That is how rugby league player Eileen Byers explains the growing popularity of the Women's Koori Knockout Carnival held in Lismore on the New South Wales North Coast mm. over the weekend. So this is a competition in its second year. They had ten teams. Um, that's they had eight last year, so growing. Expansion. Yeah. yeah. And Miss Byers goes on to say, first you get excited that you're playing, but then you're also nervous. But once you get that first tackle in your right, I think you need the first tackle when you're nervous. So essentially, um, there are, there's a lot of family members up there that come together to play, a lot of friends and so on. And um, essentially, it's the Northern New South Wales Local Health District um, helped launch the competition. Um, and part, it's an in, part of an initiative to reduce smoking rates and health in the Indigenous mm. community. So, um, how good's that? That's just that's a, awesome. That's a really good uh, initiative. And instead of the arts mm. holding hands with the um, community up there, it's it's now it's the um, the health department. Oh, it's but the common the common juncture there, rugby league. That's right. That's right. <laughs> It's speaking everybody's languages. It's a good time of year. I think the the Koori knockout in the men's side of things has been going for you know many many mm. years, and that happens I think in October. I, I, or, thought, I remember it being a, a summerish. Yeah. But maybe maybe it is in October because that's when like in Australia daylight savings has kicked in. And yeah. That's why it's giving me this summer vibe when I remember it. So it's great to hear there's a, a women's version as well in its yeah. second year. Very exciting. Yeah. That's that wonderful story reminded me of something um, that I noted. I was got me so excited that I wrote it down when it happened yeah. to mention on this podcast that, I, that we do. Oh, um, this one. Yeah, this one. It's very, right. it's very same. Yeah. yeah. Um, when I went to see the Panthers Warriors game week after weekend after last yep. weekend before last um, they had the little kids playing at half time and they interviewed the uh, one of the players from one of the teams um, and the kid was asked oh, like hi little Johnny or whatever um, what do you like about rugby league like why do you like playing rugby league and his response was I like 
running tr- running hard, getting tries, and having fun. Yeah. I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's rugby league just... That's been summarised. From the mouth of babes, right? Six words. Oh, that's good. It's just beautiful. That's it. I was right. like, oh, I'm writing that down. That was little Tyson Frizzell. No. Um, <laughs> Lovely. Look, very bizarrely and poetically almost, I started getting a bit of a leg cramp as we reached the <laughs> end of this podcast. It's the final few minutes, Kenny, so clearly I'm trying to drag <laughs> it out a bit here. Uh, any final thoughts before we say goodbye to everyone? Well, I, my final, final thoughts are looking ahead towards enormous games this weekend in both the NRL and the qualifiers so I'm, I'm damn excited I'm excited I'm praying for uh, good outcomes from these two quali- two elimination finals mm-hmm. uh, I really think the best result for the game is probably a Cronulla South grand final okay oh yeah uh, just in terms of uh, commercial interest yeah I'd really like I mean Mel- I don't, I'm not anti-Melbourne but they've been in two grand finals in a row now yeah. I'd, I'd like someone else to be yeah. like, why does it have to be Cronulla so if it has I, to be Cronulla, then it should it has to be. It's got to be South. No, I disagree. I think Melbourne would work better. Melbourne v South would pretty be pretty good. Melbourne v Roosters would be good too because you got Smith v Cronk. Yeah. Uh, well, I, th- I think you're thinking in, in terms of like spectacle, like quality of a game rather than Smith v Cronk. There's a bit of yeah, bit of edge to that. It's. I, I think for commercial in for commercial return. Yeah. Which unfortunately sometimes we have to focus on. Yeah, it's Cronulla South for me. Yeah, look, I think um, just back to the this weekend's games. I think Roosters and South game has the potential to be exciting. Yeah, um, and progressive mm-hmm. to some mm-hmm. degree. Yep. The Shark Storm game has no <laughs> chance of being progressive. You never in know. Any way. It's going to be it tense. Might, it might be like the most hilarious game we'll ever see. Maybe they'll maybe be. they'll be drop bombs all the it's time. Not, and... the, the game might start off with all the grub work being subtle, and then just as the game goes on, it gets more and more obvious <laughs> until people are just you know s- sticking fists in people's ears by the end of the game. Yeah. Well, that'll do us. I think uh, more progressive rugby league next week. See ya. See you all in Rugby League We Trust. Trust.